The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Your brain might just help you learn something in more ways than one. Welcome to Absurd Psychology, straight answers without all the bull. Your host is Dr. Gary Bell. Dr. Bell is a licensed marriage and family therapist, and he'll be your guide on this crazy exploration designed to bring life back to our existence. Can you become the element of change in an ever-changing world? Possibly, but you've got to listen on to find out. Now, here's the host of Absurd Psychology, Dr. Gary Bell. Welcome to Absurd Psychology. This is Dr. Gary Bell. Uh, today, we're going to talk about the interesting and deep world of personality disorders. And the subtitle is, Can't You Find a UFO to Haul Your Ass Back Home? <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, there's a, an anonymous quote out there that is befitting. It says, some people just lack the ability to realize that everyone that has to deal with them just wants them to shut up. <laughs> so, you know, we got to talk about, you know, opening it up. Uh, what, you know, what is a personality disorder? And I'll tell you, it comes from a very sad beginning, and that is usually uh, physical, mental, or verbal abuse in childhood, and um, or neglect, by the way. And, you know, it, it is, it's basically a persistent pattern of behavior and coping that, that leads to a lot of chronic problems of not fitting in. Um, they're, they're highly resistant to change people with personality disorders and are carried through as a lifelong constriction of coping skills that, that, that they never carried away from childhood. They just kept them. And as a child, they, they moved into adulthood with the same coping skills as they had as a child. And these coping skills, unfortunately, become who they are. And they lose who they are to the disorder. You know, most people with personality disorders are unaware, and they're usually, you know, extremely defensive to, to avoid looking at themselves. They'd much rather point out everyone else's problems to make themselves feel better. Or if they're going to pick a partner, they'd like to pick a partner that has a lot of obvious problems so they can focus on that rather than focusing on themselves. You know, it's, it's like dealing with someone who's addicted to a substance and they don't believe that they have a substance problem. Um, you know, basically, they're in a continuous state of denial. And, and they really can't be objective because they don't know any different. And that's the, the tough part about this. You know, they, they make some of the most challenging clients in the mental health profession. And quite frankly, some of them are quite dangerous and quite uh, a liability to have as a therapist because a lot of them you know, carry a lot of volatility, project a lot of negativity. And if a therapist is working with them with that, they have a tendency to focus on the therapist also. And that could be a big problem, a legal problem. It could be all kinds of things. But they, you know, they, they, they have a problem in a sense of understanding the world. Uh, it's a defensive approach to the world. 
and it is a, I never fit in, and it is a victim's approach to the world. You know, and and like I said, I, I, I really feel for these people because they come from a place of life that none of us would wish our worst enemy to come from. You know, they, they basically are treated as objects in childhood. You know, so many people, like I say, I, I always say this, that, you know, parents can be either breeding stock or they can be real parents. And a lot of these uh, people grew up with parents that didn't have the ability to parent. They were just breeders. You know, they, their biggest thing they did was have sex. And that's the sad part of it. And when it came down to, you know, having empathy or compassion for their children, uh, a lot of them had very little. And a lot of them also have some genetic links. A lot of these personality disorders have genetic links to their very parents. They have traits that they picked up from their parents environmentally. They also have traits from their parents that they picked up genetically. So they're kind of a mishmash of all kinds of different things. Now, here's some levity. Things to say to someone you dislike. I like you. I have no taste, but I do like you. <laughs> you're, you're someone who would make a perfect stranger. <laughs> You bring happiness whenever you go. <laughs> I'm not sure what your problem is. It must be hard to pronounce. Or, so tell me, you know, as an outsider, what do you think of the human race? These are things, like I said, that could be said to someone you dislike. <laughs> so how do we identify these personality disorders? You know, walking among us are these millions of, they appear to be functional people, who have personality disorders. They, they are normal looking. They're normal in many ways. They're functional as employees. They're functional as business owners, CEOs. They function in all kinds of parts of society, but there's parts of their lives that they just don't fit in well with. And, um, you know, truthfully, if, if you look at it, there's only one way I personally believe that you can identify a personality disorder, and I believe it's the greatest in indicator, and that is the minute that you meet them, the minute they walk into a room and you meet them, your intuition goes, ew, ew, stay away from this person, please, please don't come near me, I don't know who you are, but I already hate your guts, <laughs> that's kind of the, it's, it's a, it's a, it's an intuitive impression that something is wrong with this person and you don't know them and you absolutely want nothing to do with them, but they have no evidence, no reason. It's just the way that they carry themselves and the way that they interact and just the energy and the aura that they have. And I know that sounds kind of holistic or whatever, but truthfully, we all have intuition and we all are able to read people. And I will tell you, that the vast majority of these personality disorders are people that make a very poor first impression to some people. And unfortunately, the people that do try to stay away from them, these personality disorders subconsciously recognize, oh, there's somebody that doesn't like me, and they go straight for you. And so if you're at a party, unfortunately, and you're going, run, 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 I need to run, they're the one that's going to find a way to approach you and try to make time with you. And it's sad, but that's the way it goes because they can read what you're feeling and they want to change that. And it's a very strange thing. It's a very strange thing. Uh, some people, you know, it's, if you don't like conflict or if you're a socially pleasant person, they're going to go straight for you. 
And uh, that's the way it goes. And in relationships, like I said, if you're an insecure person or a person that doesn't like conflict, they love that. They'll feed on that. Now, I'm not talking in terms of good and evil because they're not good or evil. Life is gray. But the fact is their character traits, their personalities do carry these, these you know, this aura. Uh, there's no real medication for a personality disorder. Yes, you can get mood stabilizers. Yes, some of them are kind of bipolarish, or they go up and down. Yes, antidepressants can help. But all in all, there's no way you can treat a personality disorder, someone that has coping skills from childhood that they've never changed. You really can't medicate that away. It really takes a form, you know, many forms of therapy. Uh, you know, cognitive behavioral therapy is talk therapy, and that's often good for them, you know, and it, it can work in, in some ways. Also, you know, trying to get dialectical therapy, which is basically, you know, living in the moment. Uh, trying to, uh, you know, make them more aware in the mindfulness of the moment. Is your character traits coming forward that those coping skills, are they, those negative coping skills, are they coming forward right now? That's something you want to work on in therapy. Also, uh, what's called schema-focused therapy, which is basically, you know, dealing with their, their life, their family, and teaching their family how to work through it, teaching them how to work through it, how to be more aware of what's going on and how to communicate. These people really cannot get outside of themselves, so they need help from people outside. And unfortunately, there's enormous amounts of people out there that are married to personality disorders. <laughs> so, and God help you. Now, here's how they develop. You know, the, the, here's the deal. Personalities are primarily environmentally designed, like I said, in early childhood from, from abuse. They're not usually diagnosed until after 18 years old because by that time, these coping skills have embedded themselves in their personality and become who they are. You know, psychological trauma is a primary factor among all personality disorders. And the, basically, they don't feel safe, uh, you know, with their parents, with their family. And that's the main factor. They're not safe. And so they have to do things to prevent people from hurting them or to try to stay off the radar. A lot of these folks um, find themselves uh, attached to people that really don't play big roles in their life. You know, people they don't see very often. All of a sudden, they're my favorite uncle or my favorite friend. But they feel safe with that person because that person doesn't have as much impact on them because they're not in their life consistently. So people that play what are called tertiary roles in people's lives have a tendency, you know, distance roles have a tendency to be the personality disorders, people that they claim to be very close to. Now, the abuse, once again, is either mental, it's physical, or it's verbal. And... It turns into a way of life, that dealing with it. And, and that means that they have crappy people as parents. You know, and these people are around the child and influencing the child with enormous power over the child's life as they're growing up. And obviously, these parents obviously have some genetic uh, issues, depression, bipolar, whatever, schizophrenia. You know, God help us all. We never know, you know, or a personality disorder themselves. And, and so what happens is these, these people form with an emptiness inside them as they search their lives to fill. And uh, many of them go to a suicidal lifestyle. Some, like I say, they 
really enjoy the victimology, the the victim lifestyle. You know, you did this to me, they did this to me. There's a major amount of trust factors. And um, they don't know how to fill that emptiness. So what they do is they create chaos in everyone else's life in order or prop up somebody who's chaotic in order to avoid themselves. You know, when I say we're souls living a human life, what happens to a bi- to to a personality disorder is their soul's life goes away. It's a human life and it's a human life of coping with their human life. They don't know why they're here on this planet. They can't even get to it because they never discovered who they were because of the way they had to cope with not being safe. If we're not safe in this world, and I've said this before, if you look at a third world country, you're not going to discover that they're going to be able to, you know, go to the moon or invent the next, you know, uh, heal cancer or AIDS or anything like that. Third world countries do not have the resources because they live in fear. And people that live in an unsafe environment where law enforcement and and law and fire, things like that, that keep us safe, they can't think about the bigger things in life. And therefore, these people with personality disorders are basically living a survival life. They live a third world country lifestyle in a free country. And it doesn't make sense to us. Now, um, you know, the coping skills that they generally use are argument, you know, the argumentative, they're egotistical, uh, they believe they're right, uh, changing their values, uh, you know, using mixed signals, you know, playing both sides of the fence, playing people against each other. These are stuff that they use to distract people from them. And, you know, it makes a person feel for them. You know, when you see somebody that is so insecure you know, you want to you want to just hold them and save them from the world, but they're insecure and oversensitive, and they can be very volatile and dangerous. And basically, they're uh, people that just suck the soul straight out of your body because they are so empty. You can't do anything to fill them. And the minute that you try to comfort them, they run for the border, or they convert and try to start an argument with you. So it can be extremely challenging. You know. Their, their biggest value that is most common of all personality disorders is loyalty. Loyalty to them is important. Now, loyalty is not trust. Loyalty is probably about the stupidest thing a person can do because people are loyal to gangs. People are loyal to all kinds of bad things in the world. And by being loyal to it, they'll do anything to support it. They'll sacrifice themselves to support that and unfortunately a personality disorder requires loyalty because they feel that you have to put up with them and they have to put up with you and you have a lot of problems and I know I have a lot of problems so we have to be loyal to each other no matter what so arguing to them is a game rather than a means of communication you know they do think in terms of black and white you're either a bad person or a good person and they are adults Fighting through an adult journey in life with child's coping skills. Now, here's some personality clusters, and we're going to go into the different disorders. And the reason I bring this up is because people don't know how to identify these. They, They have these people in their life, but they don't know how to identify them. They don't know how to understand it, and they don't perceive it as tangible, real, something that they can, you know, say, yeah, that's what it is. Well, you know. Personality clusters, one of them is this odd eccentric behavior where they're either paranoid, they're uh, schizoid. Schizoid means basically they, uh, 
they kind of hide from the world. They have a lot of anxiety around people. They, they tend to be closed off. They tend to be people that don't like other people. They don't like to communicate. They're rather dark and gloomy. Um, they may like, you know, teams like, you know, sports. They may like certain obsessions that they tend to live for. But outside of that, they really don't socialize well. They may socialize with people that like the things that they like. And then there's also what's called the schizotypal, and that's kind of a form of schizophrenia, but it's not full-blown schizophrenia. That's where they're just kind of odd and eccentric. They're, they're strange. They, they, they're what's called intangential thinkers, where they may not be talking to the topic you talk about. So let's say I say, well, you know, I was looking outside, and it's really hot today, and, and their, their next thing that they have to say is, you know, I was watching a TV show last night. And uh, it was really funny and blah, blah, blah. And they go off on a different tangent. And so that's called intangential thinkers where they, they don't even relate to the topic you're talking about. They just kind of move on. And that's kind of a schizotypal behavior. And that's just one of them. We're going to break all these down later on here. There's also the dramatic and erratic behavior cluster. And that is what's called the antisocial personality. Now, the antisocial is... Basically, a criminal type of personality. It's a person that doesn't really care about other people, has very little empathy or compassion, and many of them end up in prison. They just don't, they're going through life for themselves. There's also the most confusing and crazy borderline disorder. Borderline personality disorders flip-flop. They go back and forth. They, they, they never align with anybody. The day you say the sky's blue, they'll say the sky is green. The day you agree with them the sky's green, they'll say the sky is blue. They just flip because they never want anybody to, they always want to argue, always want to argue. Once again, these are coping skills. Then there is the histrionic, which comes from the word hysteria. Histrionics are hysterical people. They like to be the middle of attention, the center of attention. They are very dramatic. They, they, I, I'm going to give you my opinion no matter what you say. You know, I'm going to tell you the truth. I'm always going to tell you. I'm just going to tell you. I don't care what it is, blah, blah, blah. They tend to be very antisocial in their own way. And then there's the narcissistic personalities. There's the anxious and fearful behavior, which is avoidant personalities. There's the codependence, which are the dependents. And then there's the obsessive compulsives. And we'll come back and we'll break down these personality disorders. Come back to Absurd Psychology. This is Dr. Gary Bell. your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Dr. Gary Bell is a licensed marriage and family therapist in Southern California, but he is here to help you no matter where you are. Visit drgbmft.com. You can schedule an appointment with Dr. Bell, and many major health insurance plans are accepted. Call or text Dr. Bell today at 951-818-7856 or visit drgbmft.com. Dr. Bell could help you take back your life in four to eight carefully constructed sessions. Stop coping and start living in the now. Call 951-818-7856 or visit drgbmft.com today. Do you like what you're hearing on the show today? 
Dr. Gary Bell wants to help you no matter where you are. He's fast, efficient, effective, and has a no-bull approach to helping you in less than 10 sessions. If you're ready to change right now, drop everything and call or text Dr. Bell at 951-818-7856 or visit drgbmft.com today. You can also follow Dr. Bell on Twitter at drgbmft for some great insight and direction. Are you ready? Make that change. Pick up the phone or go to the site, 951-818-7856 or drgbmft.com. Remember, drgbmft.com. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are tuned in to Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary Bell or his guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it'll take some thinking. So, got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net. Or you can just click on the Email Host button on the Voice America page. Now, back to Absurd Psychology. Welcome back to Absurd Psychology. This is Dr. Gary Bell. We're going to start off with personality disorder uh, that is very interesting. It's called a schizoid personality disorder. You know, it's interesting because about 16 years ago when I was a trainee, before I was even a licensed marriage family therapist, one of my first clients was passed uh, among several therapists until he finally landed on me. And uh, it took me a long time to figure out because, you know, personality disorders weren't the uh, thing that we were really taught to to deal with or to work with. But it was something that uh, was very real. And, it, you know, I had to work through the idea that this is this is, in fact, this personality disorder. And this client to this day, still comes to see me. So that's a, it's a great thing. And, and he, he's a wonderful guy. Um, unfortunately, he's got this personality disorder. And that is a, a schizoid personality. You know, it's characterized by a pattern of indifference to social relationships. Now, I'm not talking about autism. It's not autism. They just don't like people. They don't like to be around them. They don't like to be in traffic. They don't like to be interfered with. They don't like them saying hi. They don't want to hear their comments. They don't want to hear their words of encouragement. They don't want to hear their observations. They basically want to be left alone, and they carry an enormous amount of anxiety when people approach them. They want to go to the bank, do their transaction, and leave, go home, leave me alone. Uh, maybe they'll be loyal, you know, maybe they'll have a relationship with a dog or something. But basically, a lot of these schizoids are very interesting. They'll wear, you know, sunglasses in places where you don't need to wear sunglasses. They're, they've got their hat, you know, tipped over their head as much as possible. You know, they kind of look like somebody that's up to something. Also, with their anxiety issues, they tend to be able, uh, you know, when people approach them, they develop an enormous amount of anxiety, sweating, you know, they, they chills, cold chills. Uh, the, the typical um, 
stuff you get when you get a panic attack. And so they even look more suspicious. So they don't like being out in public because they feel like they're vulnerable. And, um, you know, they restrict their emotions, too. They're not very emotional people. You won't find them uh, crying very often. You won't find them really emotionally engaged. Um, They may, when they feel violated, they may be emotionally engaged when they feel like people are uh, uh, you know, talking to them, you know, they really hate doing things like going to the doctor, the dentist, you know, they don't want somebody in their mouth. They don't want medication. If they're forced in the surgery, they'll go absolutely bonkers. Um, unless they're, they're fully sedated. Um, these type of people just don't like to be around people. They don't want to hurt anybody. They just don't want to be around anybody. And, um, you know, some of the criteria for these folks, and they're very interesting people. Uh, they're very dark. They're very dark to be around. They're a big challenge. They're hard to communicate with. But when you do break through the ice, um, you know, the one client that, that I have that I referred to, basically, um, when I see them, and, it, you know, it's periodic, when I see them, they basically, um, we talk about the same things because <laughs> they only like to talk about what they relate to. Number one and number two is... Uh, that may be the only real conversation that they have is uh, with me. And so, you know, I find that very sad, but they find that fine. It's the way they'd rather it be. Now, they, ha- they have no desire for close relationships. This does not mean they don't have like a physical or a uh, long-term relationship. If they find a partner that, that will tolerate them and actually appreciates the fact that uh, they don't like to be social, then they will actually... Uh, work out with a relationship. Um, but, you know, many times they don't, you know, because that person that's with them has to sacrifice an enormous amount to be with that person unless they share the same personality disorder. Now, they have a preference for solitary activities and solitary jobs. So that means, you know, like working as a night guard, working, you know, uh, cleaning pools or whatever, where you don't really have to interact with anybody. That's the kind of jobs that they can work. They don't want to work in the public eye. They don't want to have to deal with people. They would much rather just be do their job and, you know, like a night janitor and go home. They don't want to have a long conversation with anybody. Um, they do have strong emotions, but they're not displayed. And they show an indifference to opinions of others. They really could care less what anybody thinks. They really don't care. Um, they don't really attach to other people's thoughts or ideas. And if they do, it, it's usually if it's pertaining to only them. And uh, they, they tend to be, you know, they come across as cold and caring, indifferent presentation. And once again, they have no close friends. Uh, a lot of these were kids that did a lot of things in childhood that because their parents probably didn't care for them. Many of these personality types form because basically their parents just left them to their own devices and they'd crawl out the window, go drink with their friends, go do whatever. Uh, They could do whatever they wanted. And so they kind of had to make their own way. And uh, then they'd be betrayed by those friends because those friends usually weren't good because they were also raised by parents that didn't care. So that basically um, they kind of form, I'm just going to get through life by myself. And it's a very empty feeling. And uh, so they're always searching for something to attach to and then find reasons not to. So it's a very confusing disorder. Now, there's this thing called an antisocial personality disorder. Now, this comes from it usually what happens is this kind of kid becomes oppositional defiant in childhood. 
Once again, child abuse, mental, verbal, physical, has caused this. So they form what's called oppositional defiance, meaning that adult figures are not going to follow the rules. And then they move into uh, a conduct disorder. And basically with the conduct disorder, that means they're starting to, you know, hurt people's property, hurt animals, hurt people, get fights, get arrested, steal things. They move from that conduct disorder, they get to graduate to the wonderful disorder of antisocial personality. Now, this is a long-term pattern of irresponsible and antisocial behavior that includes a disregard for the rights of others, the inability to keep a job, illegal behavior, which are grounds for arrest, stealing, destruction of property. They are very impulsive. And usually they were involved in drugs. You know, quite frankly, you know, any kind of upper uh, they love, you know, like a methamphetamine, a heroin, that kind of stuff. They really migrate to that. Uh, it gives them a, a feeling of uh, they, they're, they're like Superman. I mean, you know, if you look at stuff, stuff like uh, methamphetamine, you know, methamphetamine is a very cheap drug. And if you could take a pill and go from feeling like the worst dreg of the universe to Superman, that's what methamphetamine does. It, it destroys all the feeling of how other people view you, and basically you turn in, take a pill and turn into Superman, or, or snort, however you take it, you know, however they, they choose to take it. And so that's kind of the addiction to that stuff. So these folks love that kind of medication. They also love making money doing illegal things. They're basically saying, why live by the rules of society? I can live by my own rules and get away with it. And look, law enforcement isn't going to do much. Neither is a judge. Prisons are full. I can get out. Doesn't matter. Um, they'll basically just take the consequences for whatever you give them. They, they don't care. If you take things away from them, they don't care. They'll find, some, they'll find a way to get it. They have a disregard for safety of others and their self. Lying, which is a delusional behavior, meaning I'm going to give you a truth that I believe you'll accept or will help me is another one of their traits. And they also have a lack of remorse and a lack of sense of guilt. And, you know, to be a personality disorder, you got to be over 18 years old. And, uh, you know, once again, it's usually evidenced uh, antisocial comes from usually a conduct disorder, which usually comes in the full bloom from about 15 to 18 years old. Now here's, Oh, this one drives me nuts um, because it's obvious, but it's not obvious. It's called a borderline personality disorder. These people are characterized by a prevailing pattern of instability of mood, identity, personal interrelationships. Basically, they kind of look bipolarish, but it's just their personality. And, and once again, comes from abuse. Their biggest thing is that they have huge impulsive behavior. Um, they have intense anger, uh, a lack of control, a, a lack of, uh, you know, they have suicidal threats. They, they self-mutilate. Uh, oftentimes, if you ever hear about um, kids that cut, that cutting is an indicator that we've got a future borderline on our hands. That means somebody, this, this person, it's a strong indicator that borderline personality is on its way. 
because that cutting is a self-stimulation. It's also a victimization of themselves. It makes them feel better because it releases endorphins and then, then, then the pain comes forward and they can avoid their problems by focusing on the pain and the fact that they cut themselves. Everybody gives them attention. These these borderline personalities are they love attention. That's all they want. They want it, it. Negative attention is better than nothing at all. And so they would love everyone to think they've got to save them. Um, these these folks are um, impulsive, harmful to their self. Um, they they are intense as far as sex, but they usually are not loyal sexually. They like to kind of play. Uh, all kinds of people against each other. They, they kind of live in their own little world. Um, they see themselves as a sex object. Um, they see themselves as somebody that's extremely attractive. Oftentimes, you'll find them heavy into working out and toning up their body because they want to be attractive and they want people to see them. Um, substance abuse is a big factor in the, the borderline because they don't know why they're so crazy, so they start self-medicating. Most all personality disorders, once again, don't understand they have a personality disorder. That's why sending them to therapy is ridiculous because if they don't see they have a problem, why would they even do therapy? Um, But when these folks come and you confront them with borderline personality, usually they don't come back or they start to create problems for the therapist because they don't want to face the fact that they're borderline. There's some great books, by the way, on a borderline. Uh, there's one called uh, Walking on Eggshells, and that's written for the person that has to live with the borderline. And there's another one called I Hate You, Don't Leave Me. And uh, usually it takes a dependent personality, which we'll talk about later, to match up with the borderline. These folks have mood swings. They're irritable all the time, and they have a lot of anxiety. And when they walk in a room, it's chaos central. When they come home, all the kids run because they know their parent is going to be, well, they don't, they don't know what they're going to be. Um, they have a lack of identity and it affects their self-image because they can't make a decision. Once they make a decision, they debate the decision, they change their mind, they re-debate the decision and they change their mind. Uh, they'll make a decision based on what you think and then they'll tell you why you're wrong and then they'll change their mind. So making a decision is very hard for them. Therefore, self-image, they don't know who they are. Uh, they don't have long-term goals. They may communicate that they do, but they don't. And if they do, they don't pursue them very strongly. Uh, they don't usually have career choices. Um, they may pick a, a, you know, I want to be a truck driver. Or I want to work out or I want to teach Zumba or whatever, but they don't do it as a full-time job. Usually they're actually living off either welfare or, or you know, other people. Or they may get by, just get by, or they find a way to get on disability. Also, their values. You never know where they stand with their values because they float. They float all the time. They, they, their values, they may one day live as if they're highly you know, moralistic, religious people, and the next day they're having sex with five different people. I mean, it's, it's kind of how they operate. And uh, they also have desperate efforts to avoid uh, abandonment. If, if they feel like someone's going to reject them, then all of a sudden they go full blast on that person and try to get back the attachment with that person. So, for instance, as a therapist, if you're saying, hey, I, I'm not the right person to treat you, basically what they'll do is go full blast into the whole idea of, 
why I should be treating them. Oh, come on, you know, we're, you know, we're working great. And they basically sell, try to sell you on staying in their life. And it's kind of hard. It's very confusing because you have compassion for these people, but you know, sometimes I may not be the right one for you. I may not be the one to treat you. Now, here's another one. There's this histrionic personality disorder and it's characterized by excessive emotionality and attention seeking. This person wants to be the center of everybody's attention all the time. They make great salespeople. They make horrible partners. Unless you're so mellow and so egoless that you really don't care. Um, basically, they want constant attention. They want to be perceived as the one with the most money. They want to be perceived as the one that that is uh, parties all the time at my place. Laugh, laugh, laugh. I'm I'm the funniest person. You know you want, you know, they always want to tell you what the truth is. They have very, they can't, they really can't keep their mouth shut. They just have to keep people going all the time. And uh, they really don't know who they are because they're so into entertaining the world that they really don't do the work of exploring their inner pain and their childhood. They may have resentment for their parents, but basically they don't have to deal with them because they can tell everybody jokes and have a good time. Um, once again, they make great salespeople. This person needs uh, histrionic needs constant praise or assurance. They're highly insecure, and all of these personalities are insecure. But they need constant praise and assurance, and uh, they're usually inappropriate, uh, seductively, you know, sexually, provocatively. They say a lot of things they shouldn't say. Um, you know, a lot of people have to kind of look past them or prosecute them uh, for their sexual. Uh, behaviors. They have lots of affairs. They can't keep it in their pants. They have a tendency to to just have to have other people. And they're so charming that people that are deeply insecure will be attracted to them. And of course, this kind of person is going to give that uh, an insecure person lots of compliments and discover bing, bang, boom, they're in bed with that person and off they go. Now, this Histrionic doesn't really care much about the sex they have with the person. They care more about the victory of getting the sex. They also have very shallow emotions and they're very theatrical. Now, the last one is an, uh, of this cluster is the narcissistic personality. Now, this one is characterized by an inflated sense of self, boastful, pretentious demeanor, lack of empathy for others. They, they, if you criticize a narcissistic person... They overreact. They go nuts because they cannot imagine that they are wrong or that they are uh, weak or whatever. If you point out a weakness of a narcissist, you can tell a narcissist because they just they cannot accept the truth. They cannot accept what you say. They cannot accept criticism. And they just go nuts and they're vengeful. They take advantage of others to further their own needs. They're always seeking power. Once again, that's because they're the most insecure person in the room. Uh, the beliefs that uh, they are unique, they're the only special person and only certain people can understand them. And uh, success, power, love, they want all of it. And they want to boast about it. They want to have arm candy, the most attractive girl or guy. They, they want people to think of them as somebody to admire. Um, they want admiration in the strongest way. They believe they have entitlement and they do not mind exploiting. They're not, don't mind being haughty or arrogant. And these people will drive you absolutely nuts. All right, we're going to take a break. Come back to Absurd Psychology. This is Dr. Gary Bell. 
Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Do you like what you're hearing on the show today? Dr. Gary Bell wants to help you no matter where you are. He's fast, efficient, effective, and has a no-bull approach to helping you in less than 10 sessions. If you're ready to change right now, drop everything and call or text Dr. Bell at 951-818-7856 or visit drgbmft.com today. You can also follow Dr. Bell on Twitter at drgbmft for some great insight and direction. Are you ready? Make that change. Pick up the phone or go to the site, 951-818-7856 or drgbmft.com. Remember, drgbmft.com. Dr. Gary Bell is a licensed marriage and family therapist in Southern California, but he is here to help you no matter where you are. Visit drgbmft.com. You can schedule an appointment with Dr. Bell, and many major health insurance plans are accepted. Call or text Dr. Bell today at 951-818-7856 or visit drgbmft.com. Dr. Bell could help you take back your life in four to eight carefully constructed sessions. Stop coping and start living in the now. Call 951-818-7856 or visit drgbmft.com today. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. You are tuned in to Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary Bell or his guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough. But if you want to send an email, it'll take some thinking. So, got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net. Or you can just click on the Email Host button on the Voice America page. Now, back to Absurd Psychology. Welcome back to Absurd Psychology. This is Dr. Gary Bell. You know, if you're with somebody with a personality disorder, you know, something like a narcissistic personality borderline and that kind of stuff, the, you know, the deal is you really got to take a strong look at yourself and go, am I going to spend the rest of my life dealing with this disorder that is intangible and this person will never recognize that they have? And am I going to just support that kind of person and be with that? And the truth is, you know, and and I'm not advocating breaking up or divorce or anything like that, but the truth is a person really needs to analyze if they want to spend their life with someone like that because it takes a person that has a personality disorder to recognize they have a disorder that is very serious and it needs to be dealt with and it impacts everybody. And they have to be willing to not only admit it, work on it, face it, but they also have to try to treat it. And the treatment is to develop new coping skills. And some people are capable of evolving and and grabbing onto those coping skills and becoming less of the personality disorder. But for it to actually go away is very rare to if never. And so once again, when you're dealing with a person in a relationship that has a personality disorder, they must be able to be responsible for that disorder. And if they're not, 
you're going to be their target. And that is a miserable life. And that in itself, it should be a topic of therapy for the individual that has to deal with that, for them to process and develop their options and make their decisions. Um, you know, no one deserves to be abused, neglected. No one, does, no one should be submitting their children to abuse, neglect, uh, a physical, you know, any kind of uh, verbal abuse. They should not be subjecting their kids to that, including arguing in front of their children. And unfortunately, these personality disorders do breed, do create children, do become parents, and do that arguing and all that kind of horrible stuff in front of their children because they just don't care. And, uh, you know, once again, that, that, that can be dealt with in a family issue, in a family environment, but ultimately it may make a, may come down to the partner, the healthier one, or maybe they're unhealthy because they chose a personality disorder for them to make a change in their life. All right, now let's talk about an avoidant personality disorder. Now, most people avoid conflict. Uh, you know, people just hate conflict. Some people thrive on it. There's rare, but, but the vast majority of the population of the planet Earth will avoid conflict at all costs. You know, they, they basically, an avoidant personality, they have social discomfort. Um, they feel like everybody's going to judge them negatively. They may have a weight problem. They may have a, a, a scar. They may have something that, is, that obviously they're afraid they're going to be judged on immediately. And so they basically form this idea that I'm never going to fit in with people. Uh, people are going to judge me harshly and they have feelings of inadequacy. And, you know, I got to tell you, you know, I, I'm not in the best of shape either in this world. But I will tell you this, that, you know, at midlife, everybody needs to look at their self and go, this is my adult body. <laughs> this is this is my adult body. I'm not a teenager. I'm not going to be a teenager, and if I try to be a teenager, I'm going to look like an idiot because I'm going to be coloring my hair weird colors that everybody's going to know. I'm going to be wearing wigs or whatever, and everybody's going to see that. I'm going to be wearing inappropriate clothes that looks like I'm sixteen year a 16-year-old in a 50-year-old body. You know, bottom line is we have to accept where we are in life and work with it to the best of our ability. I think our goals should be health instead of how well do we look. Um, you know, and these folks with an avoidant personality, there is a longing for social interaction, but once again, they're afraid of it and they're inadequate. So they seek other people that don't do conflict and basically they find comfort in those folks that don't do conflict. And usually they end up with a person in a relationship that loves conflict. And so basically they whine to the rest of the world about how much conflict they have in their relationship but they don't do anything about it because all their friends are avoidant just like they are. All right, this person is easily hurt by criticism or disapproval. So basically they won't offer their opinion very often. They don't have a lot of close friends except for relatives. They tend to migrate to the relatives as their close friends because they feel like they understand them more than anybody. They also fear and avoid activities that involve close personal contact they have a fear of saying or doing something inappropriate in social situations. So if I'm invited to my spouse's Christmas party, I really don't want to go. I, I will sell my soul not to go to the party. And they have a feeling of being inferior to other people. So they don't feel like they're worthy. They don't feel like their life is worth much. They feel like less than mediocre people in life and everybody's going to see that. 
Um, you know, they also have this depressing tendency to exaggerate potential problems involving in trying to do something. So if we say, oh, you know, let's go on vacation to such and such, they'll have 8,000 reasons not to. Okay, let's go to the movies. No, there's going to be somebody with a cell phone and there's going to be popcorn and everything. It's going to be dirty. There's going to be kids crying, blah, blah, blah. They, there's always going to be a reason not to do something. And so this avoidant personality has a tendency to have a very stagnant life, a very routine life, and that's where they find their comfort. And if they have a partner that likes that, they feel very comfortable with that. But if the partner doesn't have an avoidant personality, they are going to want some change in their life, and they're going to be very frustrated to be stuck with somebody that doesn't like change. Now, there's this other thing called a dependent personality disorder. Now, dependent is called codependency. That means they prop up people with bad behaviors. They have a partner that may be an alcoholic, a drug addict, or whatever, or just kind of a jerk. And basically, they, they prop them up. Oh, you know, they're the one. They're always going to tell you why that person is such a great person instead of being real. They have a tendency to delude themselves that there's good in in the bad person, in the person that's treated them bad. They, you know, they have difficulty making decisions without advice or reassurance, so they seek a million people's advice and never make a decision. Dependent personality will t- ask for advice, should I leave my alcoholic or drug-taking husband? You know, he talks to me like this, is this is the way he does, and everybody says yes, 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 and then they basically go back and stay with them. So, you know, they have a tendency to seek advice. They know what the right things to do are, but they won't do it. So they, they, they're they dependent. Uh, they feel actually like they're needed when they have negative people in their life because they spend all their time propping it up and teaching their children how to do that, by the way. They allow others to take responsibility for his or her decisions. So basically, that, you know, if a decision's made, it's always going to be someone else's decision and not theirs. They agree easily with people for fear of being rejected, even if it's the wrong thing to do. They have difficulty initiating projects, tasks because of low self-esteem. They may initiate a project or a task, but they'll never get it done. And usually they won't even get to the point of buying it because uh, they're afraid it's going to hurt somebody. And that, you know, if I have to make room for me, if other people have to make room for me doing something for me, then something's wrong with me. I'm being too selfish. They volunteer to do unpleasant tasks so others will accept them. So if they don't have a talent at something, they will volunteer for it anyway because nobody else does and they think everybody's going to love them because of that. They have discomfort being alone and this is why they stay with unhealthy people and they have a preoccupation with fears of abandonment. So their big thing is I'll just stick with what I have even though it's awful. Now there's this other thing called the obsessive compulsive personality disorder. And this one is consuming pattern of perfectionism and inflexibility. It's basically a life of rituals. If they do the same thing every day, that is what they do. And that's where they find their comfort. That's how they cope with life. They fill their day with rituals so they don't have to have social interactions. And by doing that, basically, they feel productive, they feel good, they find comfort in it, but they have ritualized so much that they may have pushed a lot of people out of their life. Um, you know, their perfectionism, it, it prevents projects from being completed. They will dig deep, dig deep, dig deep into a project until it's so tedious and got so many issues to it 
that they never complete. You know, they have a preoccupation with details, and that could be cleaning, that could be, you know, washing, the way certain things have to be done, the way the way they have to drive a route, what time they have to show up to certain places or they won't show up. You know, I, I have to be there 15 minutes earlier or, or I won't show up. Um, they also tend to be workaholics, so they tend to turn work into a pleasurable activity. Even if it's unpleasurable, they will make it their personality, they'll make it their way of life, and they will live within that obsession for that work activity. Uh, a lot of them are highly indecisive unless it comes down to a ritual that they need to perform. And once again, they believe their rituals are healthy. And obsessive-compulsive can also be what are called hoarders. Hoarders think that when they're bringing stuff home, they're providing for their family, that they're doing something good. But what they don't realize is that it's destroying their family because it's crowding them out of their home. And, uh, you know, dealing with stuff like that is is uh, highly crazy. Um, these obsessives are rigid and stubborn. They hold on to worthless items and they're reluctant to delegate tasks to other people. Now, the schizotypal is a form of schizophrenia, but it's not. It's a personality disorder, and they have extreme discomfort in social situations. They have uh, behavior influenced by odd beliefs and magical thinking. Uh, like if I do something a certain way, a disaster is going to happen. If I don't clean the table or don't clean a certain place, then then we're all going to get some kind of disease. I mean, they have some very extreme behaviors and that, that are uh, very odd to be around. Usually these folks have no close friends. They're odd and eccentric. They have a, unusual perceptual experiences where they have hallucinations. I've seen UFOs. I've, they sometimes have bizarre speech uh, with speaking different languages that aren't even existing. And they're kind of strange and inappropriate in some ways. But they're in their own little world, and they're really hard to deal with, but they're functional. And so to identify and be around them can be a real challenge. Now, there's also this thing called a per paranoid personality, and that's an ongoing tendency to interpret the actions of others as deliberately demeaning and threatening. So, they see the world in a world of fear. They live in fear, and they just, just they feel suspicious and mistrustful of other people. They be believe that everybody has bad intentions. They hold grudges. They're easily slighted and, and question everything without reason. And they are always on top of their spouse believing their spouse is having an affair no matter what. Even if the spouse is the most loyal person, they still will continue to rattle their cage that they have, uh, they're having an affair. Um, however, there aren't any real hallucinations or anything like that with this kind of person. They're just mistrustful. And it's sad because trust is what makes all relationships work. Now, there's other person, the thing called personality disorder not specified, and that could be a mixture of all these personality disorders we've just discussed. All right, now, let's get some, uh, have a little fun here. So, here's some annoying things that people do. Here's some things. Uh, when parents ignore their children while they misbehave in the middle of some place you're stuck and paid to be at. Hum to pass the time. Do baby talk or meow. <laughs> Leave their dog outside barking all night while they're away to the wee hours or even for days at a time. Oh, I've had neighbors like that. That is the craziest thing in the world, especially if you leave your windows open. Huggy people with body odor, constant sweat, or bad breath. 
<laughs> now, once again, we're talking about annoying things that people do. <laughs> Replying but to everything you say or talking over you. Singing Christmas songs in the summertime in 100 degree heat. Now, I know people that do that. That drives me absolutely nuts. I don't know about you. People who talk during movies, text, or make calls on their cell phone. People who chew with their mouth open and talk while their mouth is full. And lastly, people who relate everything you say back to themselves. That is a crazy maker. (laughs) All right, here's what we're going to discuss in later shows. Uh, I'm going to have Dr. Nancy Bull back, and we're going to talk about wellness. Now, some people are not sure what I mean by wellness, but wellness is good health, but also wellness has a lot to do with how to deal with stress. And that show is specifically designed about stress and anxiety. Also, uh, the next show after that is going to be called, uh, called Suicide, Death, and Grieving, The Art of Living Miserably. And that is a very powerful show because all of us have to deal with death in our life and grieving, hopefully not suicide. But these getting a concept of death and working with death is a very important thing. That's our show. And I want to thank everybody for listening. I'd love to hear from you and get your feedback. DRGBMFT at SBCGlobal.net or Twitter at DRGBMFT. Now remember, two things are infinite. The universe and human stupidity. And I'm not sure about the universe. That's Albert Einstein. Thanks for listening, everybody. That's our show for this week. Please join Dr. Gary Bell for another edition of Absurd Psychology next Monday at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Now, go impress your friends and family with what you've learned today and have them tune in next week so they can be almost as smart as you. 